Welcome everybody to the N Word for Nerd podcast. I like the way you got the Bobby Boo, Baba Booian right before we started. Good job. <laughs> As always, I'm your host, Jason, and I'm here with my co-host, the Duke of All Nerds, Jason. What's going also on, Jason? What's, yes. <laughs> yes. What's going on? Another beautiful day in paradise. It's great. We have a lot uh, of content for you guys to, to this day. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the last like two weeks ago, we only gave like a 40-minute show. I think last week we gave like an hour and ten. This one we may we may push it a little bit. So Seven hours. Buckle up. (laughs) Yes. I'm hoping this is for your road trips. I know, uh, hey, you know, what is it? uh, Spring break's coming up soon, so you just pop this in and just listen the whole way through. Uh, We'll get you all the way down to Disney World on our own. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. But don't worry. From Atlanta to Disney World. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah, yo, just straight, straight drive. No bathroom breaks, no gas breaks. So make sure you got like a good, you know, car that can hold a lot of gas or just keep gas tanks in your truck because yeah. i remember i watched this video of this guy that was trying to drive for like 48 hours straight and they would have to fill up with gas like while he was driving so somebody would like come out the window and like fill yeah, the gas up to do that yeah yeah that's all yeah peeing some bottles you know make it while you're driving 80 miles down the highway get your kids out the window to go ahead and hot refill your gas tank while your engine is on yeah yeah no, no problem. Ain't, ain't nothing to it but to do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> with all that being said, we do have a, a jam-packed show for you. We are going to talk about requels, and we'll explain what that is. We have a review for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022, because, you know, they dropped the the to make it a new movie. We got yeah, Uncharted that's... we're going to review. We're going to review the whole series of Peacemaker, and then we are going to talk about Bel Air. And then we're finally, <laughs> finally going to read you guys' comments. I know it's been a long time coming, and I know you guys have been harboring about getting your comments read, but we're going to do it here. So, again, like we said, snap in. While you're doing the tutorials and teaching your kid how to hang out the window and pour <laughs> gas, play, play this on loud, and we'll jump right into this one. So, first things first, we're going to talk about is top three movies or things or, or shows that we wanted requels for. So, people don't know what a requel is. Jason, please explain what a requel is. A requel? Is a reboot sequel, or also a sequel that replaces other sequels? So a reboot Absolutely. sequel, or a replacement sequel. So, for example, of a reboot sequel would probably be uh, Scream ninety nine, whatever. Yeah, Scream yeah. five, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> where it reboots the series with new characters but still leaves the old things intact. So it's still a sequel, but it reboots for a newer audience. Also, uh, this last Matrix movie reboots the series for a new audience. A requel, uh, uh, a re-sequel, as I like to say, is like mm-hmm. uh, Halloween 2018, which replaces the original sequels with a brand new movie. So, Or, or this Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for some yes. odd reason, is also a requel for... No reason whatsoever. <laughs> only only establishes the very first one is canon. Yeah. All right. So now everybody knows what a requel is. We're going to our top three requels we would like to see. So, Jason, what is your number three requel you like to see? Uh, I would like to see a Highlander requel. Yeah. Cut, cut, cut the rest of the shit out and go back to the original storyline. They're not aliens from a different place, you know. Uh, they're not, uh, you know, 
all the other stuff that's happened in the last, you know, I guess what, what it was like five Highlander movies, four Highlander movies. Mm-hmm. You know, after Cloud uh, or uh, Duncan McCloud kills the 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 Carcinian or Carcinian, that's not what it is. The Carpathian, he's not Carpathian either. Uh, the, the old guy. And then they can go back right. and do some other cool stuff with that without obviously, uh, you know. Uh, <clears throat> What's his face as a Spaniard, even though he's totally like Irish or Scottish or whatever he was. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> slap slap that, in women Connery. <laughs> yeah, Sean woman Sean Connery. <laughs> I'm Spanish, like no. <laughs> <laughs> or he was actually supposed to be Egyptian, and he just called him a Spaniard, and it's like, mm, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> oh man, back for the days we would get mad about appropriation. All right, uh, <laughs> my number three requel, which you could say they kind of. Almost pretty much did it, but I would like to see it now put in there is the mummy with Brendan Fraser. I know <laughs> he's bigger and his back is still jacked up, but I would love to see a requel with him coming back like a newer adventurer and finding out that like whatever this new adventure ties back to the original mummy, and they go to seek him advice from him. And like I guess you could throw in this terrible son that was in the third one. I don't really care. But Brendan Fraser would have to come back for it. If you can get Dr. Grant back for Jurassic Park. You could get Brandon Fraser back from the Mummy, so that would be my first requel. I would want the Mummy. Yeah, uh, just Brandon don't Frazier let him do any back. stunts because <laughs> yes. he is quite hurt, and he needs our love and care because he's a national treasure, Brandon Fraser. <laughs> and I know the biggest question everybody's going to say: Well, would you want Rachel Weisz back or Maria Basella? I don't care. You could just bring back the Evie See, character. I don't care which one. You can you can replace Rachel Weisz with her husband Daniel Craig. <laughs> <laughs> And just have him, yeah. And just not like make comment on it whatsoever. Just like, yeah, this is Evie. Just just this, you know, beautiful blue-eyed man. (laughs) I'll go with that too. All right, (laughs) you're number two, Jason. Requel, requel, aliens, not alien, aliens. Uh, even though I liked Alien Three, uh, it everything after. Aliens is can be thrown away. Uh, mm. and that is including uh, Alien versus Predator, and that's also including all the the stupid freaking Prometheus and, and Covenant. Throw all that shit away. Let's go back to like Space Marines versus aliens versus corporations and call it a day. And you know, you know, you have to put Sigourney Weaver in it. She's a little bit, you know, up there in the age now. She doesn't be in it, but you know, you could give her a little. A little nod, or well, I guess her her kid would have been seventy at the time because I say you could do like a you know recall of her kid at like they did in the video game, uh you mm-hmm. know searching for her long lost mother who just abandoned her <laughs> for space. <laughs> but yeah, I would like to see that. Like take that back. Okay, so you so basically one and two would be canon, and then everything one and two, everything else would be cut away. It's gone. Okay, what? It's funny you broke that up because, <laughs> which is just synergy here a little bit. My next recall was going to be Predator. One oh my two, god! Keep it and throw out the rest of that crap. <laughs> and but this I'll say for the second for one and two, you bring back Dutch. You bring back. I, I'm always going to call him Danny Glover because you know how I'm all black people in movies. They, they need to get their real names up there. <laughs> but you bring them back and you have like and they kind of almost did it with Predators where they were like dropped everybody on the Predator like we're home training world. But I would yeah. love to see like a tournament of champions 
for Predator and bring back them. And then you can sprinkle in some other people that won from different planets so you can get some alien, real aliens action. So you'll get like different creatures and all that shit and then just let, let it go buck. And we don't need no like different group of Predators, like big strong. I don't need any of that. Just yeah, give that's, me that's Dutch, always so Danny Glover, other aliens. But the only thing I would do to confuse the timeline a little bit to bring into that series is bring in Larry Fishburne from that Predators movie where he was hiding out in the cave and like <laughs> wasn't fucking with none of them. So it'd make the timeline kind of weird because I said I'm throwing out the rest, but keep him and bring him into the fold too. And I mean, think about that lineup. Arnold, <laughs> Danny Glover, and Larry Fishburne. Just that alone sells the movie for me. <laughs> so yes, Predators uh, is my, my requel that you should that, that my number two requel. Yeah, uh, unfortunately that was going to be my number one, so I've got to think of something <laughs> off the top of my head now. Uh, I feel like I could go number one, my next number one, and then... We'll go to your next to number you. one. <laughs> Alright, my other number one, and you're, you're probably not going to like this one, because I feel like we probably are different on this one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles keep only the OG one, throw out two, throw out Turtles in time, the third one. And then Badoo, the last Ronin. Everybody doesn't know the comic book going on right now, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is the last Ronin, where it's only one turtle left, and he meets up with April. It's in the future, and I don't want to say what turtle survives, so I'm gonna leave that to you, so people can watch and read the comic. But it's it would really always be Raphael, good. everybody. <laughs> it's really freaking good, and some of the best parts about the comic is like they do some of the artwork from the original, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic book run, like in black and white and all that. So. Yes, keep only the first one. I know, Jason, you may love Go Ninja, Go Ninja Rap. Ain't what my thing. That's the best I part. I don't want Super Shredders. I don't want, like, the fake me out, Bebop and Rocksteadies. Just go and give me straight up, just reboot from the first one and make it the last Ronin. And I think that will be the best freaking requel. And even, I'm like this, go back to the rubber suits, too. Just add a little CGI, like a little CGI glaze over it, but do the rubber suits and make it happen. That's my number one requel I would love to see. All right. I think I can. I got a good one I can come up with off the top of my butt. Uh, The Star Trek, the new Star Trek franchise Mm. for a requel. Uh, Yeah. Even though I enjoyed Star Trek in the Darkness and Star Trek Beyond, they are very much not Star Trek movies. They're very much just action movies with sci fi in them. Uh, especially the whole stupid uh, I'm con and like they don't know who you are because they didn't have a fucking TV show before this so you saying that automatically <laughs> is just kind of dumb and they're just like oh oh cool that's 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 interesting that you're that's your name um, I don't know why you wouldn't tell me that in the first place because we don't know who the fuck you are um, yeah we do uh, that um, maybe actually uh, make it so that Kurt earns being a captain of a starship rather than being an academy and gets to be a starship captain even though that's not how you know, military systems work. <laughs> you know, there's probably a guy who's like, I've been working with Starfleet for 30 years. I'm one day going to be a captain. And it's like, oh, yeah, this uh, this guy who didn't even graduate the academy, we're going to actually promote him to captain of the ship. And, uh, oh, well, ne- nepotism. You. Yeah. Uh, uh, unfortunately, you're going to be like still like third in command, even though, yeah, yeah, you've been doing this for a while. Uh, next year. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, get rid of the, ne- the next two. Uh, and 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 do something you know better. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoy Beyond, but I also don't have the ties to the Trek world that like you and Jaren do. Yeah. I, I wasn't here for what, the end of the darkness. I did like the first one very much, but I 
I could almost say that I feel like Beyond may be my favorite one out of the three. Beyond is a, but I think, it's a fun movie. It is a fun yeah, movie. Yeah, but I think fun. I say that because it's probably the most fun out of the three. That's why I think I feel that way. But it also it. takes away one of the biggest things about Star Trek, which is the fucking ship. <laughs> They're on a planet for most of that movie. And it's, it's like, yeah, you know, like we want our Star Trek to be fire all phasers, fire everything, and you know, and, and space battles and stuff like that. And, and we want to see the Enterprise Enterprise, not crash land and everybody gets a side story. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Our top three shows are well, I guess we did all move movies that practically that we do requels. I think maybe one week we'll do shows that we should do requels on or reboots on because I think that's be an interesting conversation with one of the topics we have today. So without further ado, we're going to jump into the most controversial part of our whole show here. And we're going to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Notice I didn't do the thud, I just did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So for those that don't know, influencers looking to breathe new life into a Texas ghost town encounter Leatherface, the legendary killer who wears a mask of human skin. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go first because, you know, I already know how your review is going to go. So I'm going to take this first. So one, first of all, most, I love this movie. And the best thing about this movie is that you know what's set in Texas. And you know you know what's set in Texas? Because one of the first people you meet in here is packing the gat. So if you didn't know in Texas, they let you be known there. The problem with this packing the gat is that nobody in Texas, evidently on this movie, knows how to use a gat. And honestly, it made me feel a lot prouder about Sydney Prescott in Scream 5. How, like, at one point she was using her gun in a way that you would think, well, why would she be doing that? If that guy did the same thing that Sydney did, she would have been way more effective. But let's <laughs> go into the review. This movie, and I'm going to get my one gripe out the way early. This movie should have never been called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It should have been called Holloway or whatever it was, Holloway, Texas, whatever the city was. That's what this movie should have been called. They should have just went with a new everything. And the reason why I say this, guys, is that a certain amount of the drama and the fear in all of the Texas, majority of the Texas Chainsaw Massacres is the family element and the crazy family. And then on top of that, Leatherface is he is the imposing, dominating figure. Like He's the physicality of it. Right, right, right. He's the physicality that adds that extra fear to it. But the fear primarily is in the fact that this family is psychotic and off its rocker. It is something that I think that one of the, the, the great things that Rob Zombie has always done in his movies is that he's always made the villainous characters so psychotic that that fear, that scares you more than actually the actions that they do. Because you're afraid of, it's like the Joker. You're afraid of what he possibly could think of to hurt you. So your imagination makes it more fearful than actually what they actually would impose on you. So with that out the way, it shouldn't have been named that. As a horror guy, I effing loved this movie. Yes, I, you know what? You're right. You know what? I changed my review of Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills sucks compared to this movie because this movie is what a horror hell and gore hell wants. He comes in hot and heavy from the very first kill. Well, I guess the second kill. But the first kill of Leatherface is gruesome as hell. and. Ah, oh, it was just satisfying. And then the last kill is just as satisfying as the first kill. And the last kill for me is so special in my heart because it gave me vibes of uh, the old Nightmare on Elm Street ending where, you know, 
spoiler alert for an old ass movie that everybody should have seen. When that movie that's older than you, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's waving away to the kids as they leave, and then the hood closes on them, and it's like Freddy's colors, and then Freddy reaches through the the window, uh, through the doorway's window, and rips the mother on through. This movie ends with something similar to that, but not as comedic as that was, because you can see it was obviously a doll when Freddy rips her through. But ends with something similar to that, but very, very gory and gruesome. And it probably is the most creative way I've seen a Tesla be used in any movie ever, in any commercial ever. That made this movie made me want to buy a Tesla. Nah, because I was like, oh man, this this Tesla is smarter than all the people in this movie. This Tesla even knows to drive away. So <laughs> all that being very said, slowly, apparently. <laughs> yeah, right. You must have the speed down low. Uh, so with all that being said. Who cares about the characters in here? The it is a point where they try to tear to put in this subplot of like a school shooting for one of the characters to show like like that she's a survivor of dealing with trauma. It really goes nowhere because it's not something that she harbored back. It, it just it's a useless plot line that I'm like, why put this in here? Except for like they almost felt like they were trying to make a political statements. Like it was like, oh yeah, trauma from a school shooting. Guns are bad, but no, guns could be necessary. Certain flags are bad, but you can use them. (laughs) Yeah, certain flags are bad, but yeah, they're in a certain area where that's like it was like the the movie's messaging was so mixed, or was like trying to be so straight down the line not to offend anybody. But I was like, why put these messages in here? It's useless, but you know what? End of the day, when you watch this movie, you're not rooting for anybody, you're rooting for the kills, and that is what they give you a ton of. They basically, you know, you know, sometimes people say you just in a horror movie, they just bust in a bunch of people to be slaughtered. Well, in this movie, they literally bust in people, and it was it is awesome. <laughs> it goes on, and I I'm more impressed that this movie was able to sit around and say that, like, hey, we don't need to be 90 minutes. We don't need to be, you know, a hundred minutes. Maybe sixty minutes. <laughs> We're going to be like, was it eighty something minutes? Barely. We're going to get 75. in. <laughs> We're going to get out. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And I loved it. And I know, speaking to the horror and gore hounds that I know, I get it. I get it, guys. Everybody's on this, you know, the elevated, high artistic horror now because they want stories to make sense and. Plot lines with character development. Yeah, it's a time and place for that because I watched a movie called The Cursed that I'll review on my own because Jason didn't see it. And that movie's phenomenal. And it's the stuff that you guys want to see with well thought out storylines and you yeah, know, people actually doing their fucking jobs and people <laughs> pacing. Yeah, 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 great. But when you come to the gore and horror hounds, we want to see our big bad getting down like he's supposed to. And Leatherface don't disappoint. I, I'm here for it, man. Again, uh, and oh yeah, I guess we want to know about what about uh bringing back the lady from the original one? Who exactly? All right, Jason, go ahead. <laughs> What's your review of this movie? All right, well, I would agree with you on one major point, and that is that the kills in this movie are pretty freaking awesome. They are some gnarly shit going on here that is that makes you sit up and go, oh, you, yeah! you know, and that and those kills are pretty cool, and I really enjoyed them. Uh, but that is the only thing that I enjoyed about this movie. As a person who likes to watch, you know, movies, I want, you know, there to be characterizations and stories and plot lines and things like that. Because, you know, if you want to just watch a bunch of kills, I just go on YouTube, type in, you know, 
faces of death, I can just see people dying. It's 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 not that hard. Um, there are firstly, Jason is right. This should not be a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. This is has nothing to do with anything. It should not be a requel whatsoever. It has nothing to do with the previous movie film. Only the fact that it ba- makes mention to the fact that uh, the girl from the previous film or from the first film survived. Uh, they, I don't even think they even bothered to even rename her character in this movie because she is so not important to the plot whatsoever <laughs> that it's like, why? There is nothing from the DNA from the first film in this movie at Mm-mm. all. Correct. Not a sliver of it, other than the fact that I guess you can call the character that kills everybody Leatherface because he wears a, a human face. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's the only thing that they even brought back from the original movie and that girl who, as I said, is ineffectual as a bag of limp dicks. All right. <laughs> um, there are so many things in this movie that are just like, why bring them up if you're not going to pay them off? Uh, for example, the young lady who who becomes the uh, final girl has a, as Jason said, has a school shooting in her in her backstory that literally does nothing for her character. She acts like every other final girl in every other movie that you've ever ever seen. She does not overcome anything. She does not have to deal with anything other than the fact that she has to, you know, do what the final girls does, which is fight the bad guy at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it's not like she makes a huge emotional leap to fight the bad guy or you know, make some sort of like where she is because she's had this trauma in her past. She is more, more gung ho to fight the bad guy than all the characters. No, she is literally the most blandest final girl that you've ever had in any other movie. She does not, you know, do anything other than the cliche. And yet they put this in her backstory as it's supposed to mean something. And it doesn't, uh, they make this other character who seems like he's like this badass redneck who has an AK who has a, a, a AR 15. You think he's going to, you know, put up a fight or something. Nope. <laughs> he gets off as easily as anybody else does. You have this, this idea about these people coming in and regentifying the whole town, which would have been a great idea of, of if they, you know, uh, flesh that out more. And it's like, nope, that doesn't really go anywhere other than the fact it just gets people there to get killed. Um, there's like so <laughs> many ideas that they present only for them to just be like, oh, yeah, none of this matters we're just you know just kill them it's fine and then the characters in this ass so asininely stupid that it's like like they're not characters they're not people they're just there to be slaughtered and i know that's what jason wants but like if you're going to do a horror movie like make it a movie like you can't just put interconnected connected scenes of people getting killed that's not a movie that is just uh gore porn all right, it's a movie, just not a good. Movie. I mean, yes, yeah, it's a movie <laughs> in the sense that it is filmed. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> as, as 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 much as a movie as me, you know, with my flip phone, you know, recording shit on the day, and I'm like, oh, it's a movie. No, it's it's it. There are so many half baked ideas that would have been great if they fully fleshed it out. That would have made this movie like as good as some of the good stuff that's come out in horror recently, but. They did. Um, to me, this movie felt like someone really did write a good movie 
and they were shooting a good movie, and then the producers or whatever were like, oh, no, we got to have this by my March. And the guy's like, well, I'm not going to be done by March. <laughs> like, no, 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 just turn in what you have, and we'll make it work. And he's like, oh, okay. And they're like, yeah, yeah, just give us, we don't even give a shit. Just give us what you have. And that's what they did, and they made it, and they put it out. And they only had an hour's worth of footage. Here's the hour's worth of footage that we have. Here you go. That's your, that's your, your movie. It's... Uh, and uh, let's get to the uh, the other connective piece to the original movie, the final girl. I don't even remember the character's name. I don't even think they mentioned her name in this movie. Uh, she does. And I I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to bring her in as, you know, a Laurie Strode. You know, they were literally yep. trying to copy uh, Halloween and Halloween kills and have this, you know, you know, woman who's been traumatized by this thing. And, you know, she's coming back to take her out revenge. And she literally does nothing other than pad mm-hmm. this movie for an extra 15 minutes because yeah. Yeah, if yeah. she had showed up and just given away with the girls the movie would have been over because when she says to the girls after she's getting gutted that oh he's never going to stop no he is going to stop because if you leave him alone he stopped for 50 fucking years <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even recognize your old ass when you had mm-hmm. a get the rights with a shotgun point in his head he just walked away from you yeah he's going to stop Get in the car and leave, you know, and y'all, y'all be fine. <laughs> y'all would have been fine if y'all just left. Walk away. <laughs> you know? But no, she adds nothing to the movie. There's no reason why she's there other than to give the girl another gun that she uses poorly. Um, yeah, none of this shit makes sense. Like, it's it's dumb. The final kill is pretty cool. I did see it coming, though, because they're just because oh. for some reason, this seven year old man can catch up to fucking cars like the bus. Ah, that bus is driving away. You see a shot over the shoulder where that bus is driving away from him, and yet he's somehow able to run up on there, catch up, and disable a bus by himself. And then the <laughs> fucking bus driver is like, "I'm a bus driver. I got it. It's my time to die." Walks out. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, no, it's it's, it's it's in the script. It says me die here, so I got to go out, even though it makes no so, logical sense whatsoever. Look, I, I will say this about because. People that watch horror movies, it it's this thing that like I always call we know we're in a horror movie, so we say this is how you will react. It is very reasonable because no one like you just saw think about from the bus driver's perspective, you just saw some chick come in with basically waste on her. Another chick come in and they're screaming about go, 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 go. There's no mention of a killer. There's no mention of anybody dying yeah. or a chainsaw. You're right. Dude. There's no mention of killer, even though they've seen uh, two people murdered at this no, point. No, the bus driver like, hasn't seen people. No, no, I'm not saying the bus driver. The bus driver doesn't know, and especially the people in the back, they don't know nothing because apparently right. after seeing their friends murdered, they don't tell to inform anybody that there's a murderer going on. They just. I, I just I was about to get to was that <laughs> his reaction is a reasonable, honest, like, because no one told him, hey, my man. Don't do this. It is a guy out here killing folks. You go out, so, he probably will kill the, you next. <laughs> especially the, the black woman who has no name, because why does she need a name? Oh, uh, no, she no, sees no. she sees the guy who, who's selling all the things, getting his face chopped up and murdered. Uh, you know, she gets back on the bus, you know, not knowing where her the, the guy's partner is. She lets the child go off the bus, uh, even though like she's seen a dead body and it's like Hey, she just goes, hey, don't go out there. And she's like, no, I'm going out there. She's like, no, don't go out there. And she goes out there. And it's like, your friend is lying there dead. You know, your sister is possibly dead. 
you know? And then like, she just keeps that information to herself because she's in a horror movie because that's how horror movies supposed to act. You know, no one goes into the back to tell the people who are back there partying, you know, there is a, has been a, at least one murder going on and we need to like call the cops and get the fuck out of here. But nope. Well, I don't now, know how many people live oh, in that and then town. The most cops. egregious <laughs> low hanging fruit bullshit that have always that that you know you could do more creative than this now is when Leatherface gets on the bus, they all pull out their phones. Oh, you do anything, I'm gonna cancel you. Like stop. Just stop. <laughs> like that's where the movie just lost it for me. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Cause it's like you've seen it a million times in horror in bad horror movies in the last five, ten years. Because that's the culture. Oh, everybody's just gonna record on their phone. And then they just sit there and let and watch themselves get killed. Cause you know, one guy with a chainsaw is, you know, more powerful than a bus full of 30 people. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that? I mean, yeah, got somebody with a chainsaw on me. I'm trying to get the furthest away from the guy with the chainsaw. And well, I made I'm doing a couple people, people into the chainsaw guy, and while he's chainsawing them, I'm going around the guy <laughs> and getting but yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. There's a certain amount of like suspend your disbelief, but like at one point where you you outnumber this, he's only got a chainsaw. He's not like he's got an automatic weapon where he just people down. He's got a chainsaw yeah. and he's sitting there with his back turned, chainsawing people, and no, Look, and everybody's that just chains like, ah! automatic. That chain's automatic. You don't want that smoke with that chain, bro. That chainsaw. <laughs> you, you you think? This but anyway, thing, go on. This the, thing was the the fact that it's only an hour and fifteen minutes from beginning to end is a blessing because. By the end of this, you're just like, I'm ready for this shit to be over, because this um, is that aggressively bad. Uh, for everybody out it, there, like, yeah, yeah. It, no, it's no, not a no. great regular movie. Don't get me wrong, but if you know horror movies, this is a great horror movie. It gets great. It's like the this is like the argument where it's like, oh, like Michael Bay. Oh, I'm just making movies for 15 year old boys. This is, it doesn't have to be that deep. Like Pixar can make movies for children and still make them good. Just but, because it's a horror movie doesn't mean you can't. You, but Pixar's action is never as good as Michael not as good as Michael Bay's action. And if you're an action junkie, and that's what you care about his action, Michael Bay has his fan base. Like, yeah, that's what morons. it is. Like, so <laughs> when people are listening to this review, you got to put that line to be like, no, Jason's no, reviewing no. this You movie can make a, a good goer. movie. There is a good movie here, and you chose not to make it. If you choose to do something, you can choose. To, but, and there's times where you choose to do something, and they fuck it up. Like you know the the Suicide Squad I, movie. I think they chose the, to make it, this movie what it was. It was a it was a basically gore yeah, slasher. Yeah, and they should have not chosen. Well, to do I'll that. put it this way: <laughs> how many gorehound slashers are like theatrically good storylined movies? Like there is still stuff with entertaining characters. You know, past the 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 tease of the eighties. You know, especially like the fight of the first thing says, you still have compelling characters that you root for, even though the movie is not great. You know, there's still stuff there that you that makes it a movie that makes it have connective tissue. This shit has none of that. It has none of it. It does if 13's lasted a long time and I can't remember nobody from there. I can't even remember Final Girls from Friday the 13th. The first one. It, like it, it's 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 all well, there's like, like there's a th- there's a through character line, especially from the first Friday the 13th, about a mystery about a child dying, and then you know, who is killing these people. And then it turns out it's the child's body. There's actually connected tissue. The backstory informs the story. Here, the backstory is meaningless. And they show it to you, and it means nothing. They show you, it's like Chekhov's gun, right? It's an old storytelling technique. If you show a gun, 
in the beginning of the story and in the story someone has to shoot the gun in this one they show you the gun in the beginning of the story and they point out the gun there's a gun look at this gun this gun's gonna be super important but at the end of the story they're like oh yeah fuck this what did they point okay. out this Where, there was a gun what are you talking about there's a gun what did they no, point none out of this stuff this, this girl's fucking backstory wasn't important. important. The fucking uh, girl, the yeah. girl from the first thing, where they make a huge deal about her being the only survivor, wasn't important. None of this was important. It was just there. Yeah, yeah. It's and not that's what important to the story. It's not important to the story. Was just there. It's the just there, there for what it was for destroying. No, no, no. It's just teenagers there. For Someone wasted time for. making. Yes, they That's made a I'm gore saying. movie for it's like watching for my horror fans. It's like watching Hatchet. Hatchet has no other reason to exist but for to watch the dude destroy people. Like it's no other reason for existence. This movie would have been better as a YouTube compilation of the kills. That's it. That's it. And if they just just like didn't even they just showed me him killing people in gory ways and just didn't even bother with anything else, even the <laughs> even trappings, I would enjoy this a thousand times more. If they just showed him killing the cops, great. Next scene, him killing the fucking uh, boyfriend, great. Next scene, him killing the fucking uh, white guy, great. Next scene, him killing the bus, great. And then just That's leave pretty that. That's what the movie I, was. It was 70 no, minutes. Because they, they put all was. this other bullshit in there. And they tried to make it a movie. <laughs> if it was just a compilation of his kills, it would have been The compilation would have been 30 minutes. So again, exactly. it still would have equal almost the runtime of this movie. <laughs> and it, and it would have been, been much better. They could have cut out way more. And it would have been way better. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have been better. It just would have been. It, it would have been. Then that literally would not have been a movie. So it wouldn't have been better. It just would have been yeah, just the kills. It would have not wasted my time. I would have said those are some cool kills. I'm sure there'd be <laughs> a really good movie if they could just take these ideas and put them in a really good movie. This would have been awesome. And I would have moved on with my life and not wasted an hour and fifteen minutes of my time. <laughs> I'm fucking like Maxine Watts. I'm waxing. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. You know, I need my time back. I need my time back. <laughs> you want to reclaim your time back. I want to reclaim my Again, time. <laughs> I think the movie did what exactly what it was supposed to do. It was supposed to be a terrible punch them up, just gore hound thing. And look, and I was the guy that defended Halloween Kills when I realized that, like, oh, this movie's stupid. So I decided to sit Halloween back and enjoy it. This story. movie from the very beginning lets you know it's stupid. And it's like, that's all, like, that's all I'll get with Jason in the first opening scenes to let you know it's stupid. When literally he goes, did, did they ever catch him? And he goes, that's the funny thing about wearing a mask. You never know what it looked like underneath. At that moment, I was like, oh, I know what movie this is about to be. It's about to be some old bullshit. There's movies where they, they play into that, where they play into that camp, and this this is they just do it too straightforward to be like, oh, yeah, this is can't be fun. No, this is just bullshit. You need some fucking or, or leveling. Where it's like, Oh, a big man with a gun. He must have a small penis. Like, this whole movie is just tropish of the dumbest things in horror movies ever. Exactly. At a certain point, you knew what it was. Like, this stuff was put at the beginning. It wasn't like they would give you this artistic, stylized movie. I don't need it to be artistic style. I need it to be competent. (laughs) That's all I want is competency. But it was giving you incompetence from the beginning. So we should have, at that point, at what point do you suspect? That doesn't make it good. Just like in in the Matrix, where they're like, oh, you know, they're just, we're just here for the money. It does not, just because you say it doesn't make it good. Just because you say no offense doesn't make it not offensive. That's a whole different. Now now you're reaching. I'm not reaching. Stating if they would have been like, "Hey, also shout out to my cousin (laughs) Jalen, who also agrees with me." I didn't even bring this. I just said I watched this movie, and she said to this to me on the phone today. That movie was straight garbage. None of that shit made any sense. So it's not me. 
But shout out to my cousin. Making sense. Thank you. I'm saying, like, I don't get what is not making sense about people show up to town, people get slaughtered by the person in town, movie ends. Like, what are we trying to make sense of? Yes, you, I admit. Because you are presenting like, more than just that. You're presenting this girl with this tragic, tragic backstory. You expect something to happen with that. It does not happen. I can, I can tell the, you what they did with the that. Final girl. I, I feel like it wasn't successful, but I can tell you what they actually did with that scene with the, with the, the backstory of her. Yes, they did do something with her because her whole backstory was that, that she laid on there and played dead and didn't fight for herself. That was the scene and they were she trying to give up. And she would have saved her life if she had laid there and played dead this time around and didn't fight for herself. My she point didn't is fight for herself that was the point either. she was saying. She felt useless that in a situation that she couldn't do anything to help. Because remember, it was a whole conversation with her and her sister about her not being useless. And her, like, they tried to, like, the stuff you're saying, you're, you're very simplifying yeah, how they yeah. didn't use this. And but the they didn't the use on, it. She was hold still on, they useless. Did hold on. Hold on. <laughs> when it was the time for her to be able to just escape and leave, she came back. Why? Because of all the stuff they built about the fact that she didn't feel like she could fight or stand up for herself. It was bad. Don't get me wrong, but you make it seem like they didn't play into this. The threat they was there. It just was this. bad. <laughs> because it's a yeah. bad movie that's supposed to be about gore. <laughs> exactly. And you're making my point. It's bad. <laughs> yes. It's Again, we agree with this bad movie. I'm saying that for people, this is what it was supposed to be. And you're like, no, because they got to Give us the Chekhov's gun, and they gotta tell us because yes. you're gonna put this in the movie. If you're gonna like, put yeah, it in the movie, it. you got to put, you got to connect it. You they got paid to it off. They just didn't pay it off the way you wanted to pay it off. They didn't pay it off in any way. It was no payoff. Yes, they did. She came back was... and was very incompetent in coming back, but she came back and did not just take the easy way out. She should have again, again, because it's, it's the payoff. It's you is the payoff you wanted. That's what it was. No, it's not a payoff. Period. There's no payoff in any of this. There's no payoff. In the, any that's, of this. I understand. It's not the payoff you wanted, and so you're like, no, oh, there's no payoff in any of this. There's nothing. I don't give a crap <laughs> yes, about what whether leather face people. That is the payoff. That is the payoff. I don't give a crap where this girl finds her her way and and is able to fight back. I don't care because you know the movie didn't make me care. You know, so I, I don't agree. give a crap if she if she if she finds it or if she doesn't find it. All I just okay. want is something else. It's it's a piece to connect it to what they give me in the beginning, and they did not do that. And they did not do that <laughs> with the fucking girl from the last movie. They did not do it with any of this. All they did was say, "Here's some kills," and that's and if it's fine for you, that's fine. For well, you. they did kind of do it me. with the girl from the original. Again, because I, I know we're spoiled. I'm about to put some spoiler warning because the whole thing was about that lasting effect of trauma. Remember, she was like, if you run, you'll always be running because that chick left the scene in her mind, which was the smart thing to do because it was a mad family. But the whole thing was that she stuck for 50 years traumatized by this, waiting for the one moment to face off of him and then realizing that one moment and that then dude didn't give nothing. a shit about you because your trauma does not affect Boozy people who are affected by trauma. The person who traumatized you doesn't live with that. You live with that. And again, this is all sloppily done. And it is proudly done. It but is the fact that bad. I got what the message was supposed to be doesn't change the yeah, fact I that guess it, you're, it's you're, in there. You're better at reading garbage than I am. Okay, well, then, I will agree to that. I will agree <laughs> to that. That situation on there. Let's go on, on to the next one because we don't have to give a rating on this one. Everybody knows what I'm saying. It's, I'm give it's, it... it's probably a three because I'm going to give it a zero and he's going to give it a four. And it's so we'll, no, we'll no, average I, I, out. I'll give it a 2.5. Like if you're a horror hound, a gore hound, this is right up your alley. If not, it kills it, really it's good. A, it's on it Netflix. Kills you can really, really it. good. 
<laughs> they put thoughts in those kills, and that's why it disappoints me anymore. You put thoughts in the kill, and you couldn't put thought in anything else. Mm. All right, let's go on to the next one. We're going to talk about um, Peter Parker's newest movie, Uncharted. <laughs> that poor kid. <laughs> so... <laughs> what, am I lying? Isn't that Peter Parker's newest movie, Uncharted? I mean, the fact that he's built like a child, and he's probably going to stay like that size for the rest of his life, you're gonna, he's going to be Peter Parker forever. <laughs> All right, well, let's go. Treasure Hunter Sully recruits street-smart Nathan Drake to help him recover a 500-year-old lost fortune amassed by Explorer... Fernando Magellan. What starts out as a heist soon becomes a globe-trotting white-knuckle race to reach the prize before the ruthless <laughs> Santiago Mercado uh, can get his hands on it. If Sully and Nate can decipher the clues and solve one of the world's oldest mysteries, they stand to find $5 billion in treasure. All right, Jason, I'll let you have the reins here. Please tell us about your thoughts on Uncharted. This is a pretty meh movie. Uh, it's there. <laughs> it is. Uh, from what I watched, I was I was entertained. Uh, Tom Holland, you know, he's a likable guy. He's very, uh, yeah, he's very Peter Parker in this dude. He's 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 likable to watch. You know, even though a lot of this is, uh, you know, typical tropish, you know, uh, white guys looking for lost treasure, uh, not realizing that you know, just finding the stuff would be the treasure not the treasure itself but who cares that you steal millions of dollars of gold from indigenous people and destroy countless artifacts of cultural significance that would make you money if you just told people about them it's all about the fun and, and the gunplay and the shooting and and it's all of that's there that's the movie <laughs> um <laughs> if you are i'm not a big fan i've never been a big, big fan of the uncharted video game series i played the first one i thought it was kind of stupid uh, i never played the second one which i know that the second third are are much better games um than the first one uh, i always thought it was stupid that you know you do all the stuff as nathan drake you know climbing up these ancient ruins and you get up there and there's just dudes there after you spent like half an hour climbing and they're just <laughs> all, like 30 dudes there and you murder them because you know they're there <laughs> And like there is always this this thing that does Nathan Drake's a mass murderer, <laughs> you know, he has killed a lot of people for no good reason other than the fact that he wants treasure more than they do. So, and uh, you know, this is this Nathan Drake is a lot more kinder. Uh, he's not a even though he does end up murdering people for treasure, um, he's not as murderous as his video game counterpart. Um, Marky Mark, you know whether you like him or not. You know, he's going to Marky his mark. Uh, he is just as Marky Mark in this. And if you like that sort of thing, you'll probably be entertained by it. If you don't, you will probably hate it. At the end of this movie, there's this point where I'm just like, if they had just stopped, like, doing the things they're doing, everybody in this would have won with millions and billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And, like, been happy and, like, got the things that, and achieved the things. But they keep, it's a movie, so there has to be conflict. And, you know, so this thing goes on, and then, at, you know, and it works out how everybody, how all these movies works out, where, you know, you know the end of these movies. You know, if, if everybody made $5 billion, would there be need for a sequel? No. Nope. And there's definitely a stinger for a sequel that ends with, uh, uh, on a, a huge mystery that, you know, will play into another sequel. So this it's it's entertaining. My kid enjoyed it. 
you know, your kids will probably enjoy it. Uh, you know, there's just, it's just, it's just there. It's, it's, it's meh. If you've seen Indiana Jones or Tomb Raider, um, it's better than the Tomb Raider movie. The first, the, the latest one, not the ones mm-hmm. that MTL is really, uh, it's better than that, but that doesn't say much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, who, Jason's gonna say this I is the best movie of the year. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I guess where do I begin on this? Um, they shouldn't call this movie Uncharted. Let's just call this movie Charted because <laughs> Uncharted. I've never seen just... a mystery or a like. You know, shout out to my man at Screen Rant because this 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 adventure was barely an inconvenience. <laughs> like, it's barely an inconvenience. I love like, that guy. It, it, it literally like. Whoever did the pitch meeting, and I can't wait till he does a pitch meeting on this one because, like, nothing on here was difficult or hard at all for Nathan Drake. In them. And I'm more disappointed that, like, all these people have been in this game for all this time, treasure hunting and whatever, and couldn't figure out none of this. And this Joker was looking at stuff for like five minutes and being like, oh, yeah, it's just this and that and that. And they're like, ooh, who's this genius? Ooh, ooh, ooh. history major, huh? Like, hold on. So you're making fun of the kid that just solved this in a matter of moments, and your ass has been doing this for years? What the fuck are we talking Okay, all right, all right. So it's a movie. So it's a movie. Okay. Spend it in sleep, Jason. Spend it in sleep. Yeah, yeah, because it would be be a boring movie. It was like 40 minutes of him just sitting around reading a book. And we'd be like, why are we watching this? Going to libraries and shit. (laughs) Right, right, right. Can we just bring another face in and kill some people? Uh, But with that being said, okay. I, I like Tom Holland a lot. I like Tom Holland, a tremendous amount. I think I like him more after watching this than I did in all the Spider-Man stuff because I always felt like his Peter Parker thing was always off to me a little bit. He's Maybe it's because I don't feel like he went through enough drama as Peter Parker. Maybe that's what it is for me. So and I think we talked about then our Spider-Man. So let's not, but in this one, I felt like I could feel that like Tom Holland could possibly grow into being a really good action leading man. The problem here with this is that it's nothing to oppose him. Because every leading man in a movie needs something to oppose him, like a very either Tudor scenery a villain or like a very menacing villain or something that's like, hey, it builds your hero up more. I thought we were going to get that with Antonio Banderas. And I'm like, oh, because Antonio Banderas about to chew the screen up. Mm-hmm. But I'll let people Barely watch the movie, movie. see what happened with that. <laughs> and it so I'm like, okay, well, cool. I get it. No, it's more about the adventure, but then the adventures again, it's paint by numbers, and it's just unbelievable that these guys couldn't figure this out. It's literally this adventure, guys. Is let me show you how unch- the uncharted adventure is. What do we do next? Well, let's look around the room. There oh, is that over there. <laughs> there it is. It is like oh, it's unbelievable okay. that they were able to do this, let alone. Not like some of this stuff is like, how'd you figure that out? Like, really? <laughs> right, right. So, and then uh, we get the big bombastic finale, which I, I kind of wish that the finale was just more streamlined and normal because the rest of the movie felt that way. It felt kind of almost baked into a reality to a great degree. Then the end comes, and it's like it's almost Pirates of the Caribbean esque. Like mm-hmm. it's it's just so fantastical that <laughs> you're watching it. You're like, is this the same movie? It, it felt like Hollywood was like, hey guys, we 
we just made too much of a normalized movie. We got to have a big finale. Like, and, and, and guys, when I say this, think about some of the great adventure movies we've had in the past. Um, Indiana Jones, which I know that's a high bar, but even like I talked about the mummy earlier in the show, the finales from them wasn't as because it was a certain amount of supernatural in it, so the Indians were supernatural, but it wasn't like somebody had picked up a whole pyramid and was flying a pyramid around in the sky where they're fighting on the edge of it. Like at that point, you'd be like, What the hell have we gone into? That's how the finale feels here. It's like, What the hell a movie have we walked into now? Like, I expected Jack Sparrow to show up and start swashbuckling people. and Doing his goofy tricks. So I get it. Also, I think my last, and I, I've never played the game, so I don't have the complaint about the storyline. Well, uh, I guess also I just felt like the action scenes here, especially with Tom Holland, felt very like bad version of Jackie Chan esque. Like it was mm -hmm. like, you know, like Jackie I'd Chan does, like, like hits people and hurts his hand and go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, I felt like that's all Tom Holland did in this whole movie was like get like thrown around by people. But oh, sorry, guy. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, sorry. Like it, it was just I don't know. And, and if if this is gonna be his shtick, okay, cool, and I get it. But I, I guess it just for someone that people keep telling me that Nathan Fillion was the inspiration for Nathan Drake or where everybody wanted to play. I feel like he's more of an imposing, well, because he's a looks like a grown ass man too. Because he's like a grown ass imposing, man, <laughs> right? A real more of an imposing figure. I don't know if the choreography would have been the same if, like, they would have cast a guy like oh, that. It would have been totally movie. different. And I feel like you can tell, like, the, and that's the issue for somebody who's this street smart and streetwise. You got to be able to throw hands better than that. I'm sorry, like, I grew up in the street. We know a lot of street cats that's out here hustling. Ain't none of, all of them got hands. Like, Nathan Drake was out here getting, like, the brakes beat off him a couple of times. But okay, all right, whatever. But uh, I think that's the problem. I think that's the problem. Jason hit it in the head. Like, it's just a, yeah, all right. And I remember after I left the theater because I saw it with other people. And they're like, Jason, what did you think? How are you going to read this on your show? And I said, well, usually when I watch something, I let it wash over me for a few hours to kind of feel it. And, like, maybe you see what I can remember from the movie because it shows me how memorable things were. And I left and was just like, Oh, she, oh, you would ask just somebody calling it, was he? Huh? I was marking, I, marking it terrible because he sucks. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, that's I will I got, give man. you just, that it, it was there. I had it, it a, happened. I had a more emotional experience watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre than I did this movie, obviously. Well, because you I have things to say about that, movie. but yeah, but it made me right. feel something. Right, it right. made me it, whether I liked it or not. I it made me <laughs> emote. This movie, as you say, you got to let stuff wash over you. You know, got to sit with it for a while. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, let it wash over me, and I was still thinking about it the next day. Right, this movie, I forgot <laughs> I even watched it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, there's so nothing was... here that was that would have made me like that. I'm sitting here chewing in my mind, like, oh, that sucked, or this is great, or blah blah blah. I was just like, oh, I saw it. With that being said, what, what what would you give Uncharted? What would you rate Uncharted? A two out of five. <laughs> oh man, we're rating lockstep because that's exactly where I have it too. Like it, guys, and I said I feel bad giving it a two because I feel like it's a better movie than a two, but I can't yeah. tell you why. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> also, so I gotta uh, give it a two. <laughs> this is in the trailer with the, the boats and the things and the helicopter. It's just to me is like I know you want a bombastic sort of like thing to do your movie on. And it's like, 
y'all could just tell people there and still make the money, right? <laughs> y'all didn't have to fly them out and do all this shit. Y'all could be like, oh, we found it. Let's go and tell somebody. And like, and we'll collect our checks, please. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like that's the whole like, thought of like, I need to slit your throat because I don't want you having a split of the $5 billion that we're going to get. Yeah, like if we if you this. just stopped, you would have been like, oh, I guess. And it was because A, I, and I guess this is kind of spoilish territory. So here's a spoiler in five, four, three, two, one. When they find the stuff, they're like, "Oh yeah, this is way more than we we thought it was." <laughs> like, like each one yeah, they thought yeah. the whole thing was like five billion dollars. They're like, "Oh no, each one of these is five billion dollars at least, if not more." Mm-hmm. So y'all would have been fine. <laughs> all y'all would have been fine. Well, twos all around for Uncharted. <laughs> we we were we were not fine. We were just, you know what? I remember one day I on the show I said, you know, was there a moment where we just feel whelmed? Yeah, I feel like this, this is. is I was just whelmed. Stay whelmed, yeah. everybody. <laughs> Shout out to Young Justice. All right, let's move <laughs> on to the next one. Speaking of DC properties, we're going to talk about Peacemaker that just wrapped up on HBO Max about Peacemaker from the Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad. I think it's the Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What's played by John Cena. Uh, Jason, would you like the first <laughs> crack at this one? Or? I mean, I'm just going to gush about this show. That's all I'm going to do. I'm just, <laughs> you want to hear me just 15 minutes of me reaching full climax about how awesome this show is? Do you want to get it? Do you really want to? <laughs> like, this is why we did from last week's episode the, uh, the whole wrestler talk because John Cena in this is perfectly cast. Uh, he's, I mean, like, let's just be honest. John Cena is, is, not just the best thing about this. I think the whole entire cast is phenomenal. Uh, yes. I love the fact that uh, I can't pronounce it. Or uh, it's um, Amanda Waddle's dollar. Her her last name is uh, very ethnic, and I am a shitty American person, so I can't. Pronounce. It's Ada Wale or something like that. Right. She yep. is amazing. Uh, it's she is almost like the second lead to this, and it is great for me. Like even though there's the white guy, the typical handsome white guy as the main character uh her story is as important to the whole um dna of the story as it is more than anybody else's and i love the fact that you know this uh you know plus size dark-skinned black woman has this prominent role in this in this tv show which in any other sort of genre would probably have not included her whatsoever you know and i'll admit that was a detractor for me, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you pointed to, that wants, out. He wants the light skinned girls in here. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'll talk about it with my time. Continue. <laughs> Can I reclaim my time? It's not taking away from my time. But like, but let's also be honest. Like, John Cena makes his show. He makes his show work. Uh, you can obviously tell that James Gunn's total styling and sensibility in here um and i just i said this before by the one start james gunn though has to capture the tone of comic books and he could do it in the movie he knows how to balance between the goofy silly nature of comic books and then also turn around and give you you know serious drama and like actually have it mean something and then you know give you that weight and then give it a beat to breathe and let you feel it and then turn it on and still do some more funny shit and it works you know, and it's it is very very. It's not jarring, and it's not like you know whip flash tonally issues. Like it works, and like this is what's so great about the show. And 
and it kept up its energy. And a lot of shows will, you know, kind of falter off by the end. Uh, in this season, uh, I would say like the last, before the finale, the last two episodes were kind of slowing down a little bit because it was dealing with more of the drama behind it rather than being fun and funny. But it still, it still kept up its pace. And this ending is heart. I mean, not heartbreaking, but you know, it 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 hits you in the feels. Everything you mm-hmm. get, all the emotional muffins and then it goes on and does something funny and crazy you know and i'm not going to spoil the very ending but i was like what the fuck <laughs> that's funny right, right, there. right. Like, you know um you probably already seen it on the internet but i I won't spoil it here because i that was a pleasant surprise for me because i wouldn't expect that to happen on a tv show you know right because you know usually in these properties they keep things very very uh self-contained and you very, very get little, very, and very rarely get little crossover in, in the DC project. Not even a crossover, really? it's even self-contained. Like, you get very little, the tones are so different. And yeah. But this is to what the other, the thing that Stuff cameos is, in it. Yeah. yeah that is, and so it you almost, get that. It, it almost feels like they're two different universes or whatever. Right. But in this one, it's like, nope, all universe, all the same stuff, you know. It's like and, if Deadpool would have dropped in the first class, X-Men first class. Like that tone would never match. Yeah, that tone would never work. <laughs> it would have never matched, and you and you and you end up believing that they're in two different universes, even though you'll see in the Deadpool, you know, oh, there's first of you're still like, oh, that's just the Deadpool universe versus the actual in, right. uh, X-Men <laughs> universe or whatever. But in this one, spot on, it's great. Now, this show was it was for a character that I don't give a shit about. Like <laughs> this is a a. I wouldn't even say a C level. This is a Z level character. This is a Charleston Charlton Comics character that DC bought a thousand years ago. They didn't do a whole lot of with, you know. And you know, James Gunn was allowed to play with them with the Suicide Squad movie, and now he's allowed to play with them with the TV show. He has done a lot to make this character actually resonate with people. Like I don't care about Peacemaker. I never cared about Peacemaker. Like, and it it just makes me sad that you have all this whole staple of characters. In DC, that y'all could do stuff with, and y'all just choose not to do it, because, mm-hmm. I mean, like as much as I love Batman, Batman's my—I mean, Robin's my favorite superhero, but you know, I can't have Robin without Batman. <laughs> you know, as much as I like seeing Batman stuff, y'all have so much y'all can do, and this show proves that y'all can do a whole lot with all the characters you have. And yet we keep getting the same two characters, that if not just the same one character, over and over again, and. That's the saddest thing about this show is that the that Warner Brothers sucks. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, right. this is great. This is great. I love this show. I can't wait for season two. So it's getting season two. I want to make I want to make peace with James Gunn because we did put a review out that was about the first three episodes, and my critique was, you know, nothing's really funny until you get serious. Like everything can't be a joke. Well. <laughs> Everything can be a joke when you finally do hit home with the seriousness and you it's the seriousness is so believable and you realize the joking is just a cover up and a mask for insecurities. And it is played and worked brilliantly here. James Gunn, I don't know why I ever doubted you. I, I just want to first <laughs> and foremost say it's these moments in, in when we do this show where things are done, I want to call it so nerdily or geekily that you can't help not to like it if you're in the genre and if you understand 
like nerd and geek culture, sense of humor and sarcasm. And right, let's be real. Most and people like us, because of the years of being teased and tormented, we've all developed really good winky sense of humors and very like amongst our friends, we're all very like just weird, weird sense of humors that are comical jokes and et cetera. When I say that, part of that comes to when I get to the fantasy realm of it's certain things that only people in our Ilkin community could just think of and do. I made the nominate James Gunn as like King Nerd <laughs> and let him rule over the kingdom because let's just let's go through a, a checklist of things if you would like to see in it. So Jason, let's just take the survey here. All right. All right. Would you <laughs> would you like to see man chainsaw gorilla? Yes. <laughs> yes, check. Um, would you like to see amorphous cow looking centipede alien but ram through with blunt head object? Yes. <laughs> check there. Would you like to see a cameo from you know the, the world's finest? I guess that may give us way too much, but let's say you, a cameo where characters play off of the rumors told about each other to comedic <laughs> value. Yes. So, like, 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 I mean, it's just, we can go on and on and on. Um, the thing in here that works with Peacemaker so well, because all the stuff in here is really good. It, it, let's be, all the stuff is great. The really good is so close to being great. It it almost feels like it misses the mark when the really good is just, just really good. So, like, like, Judo Master. I would say Judo Master is probably the weakest link in this but still has some of the dopest moments in this. <laughs> like, yeah. him Why is he always Cheetos alone? <laughs> yeah, he's just so alone. And, and if you can make an argument that, like, he has no character arc and no reason to really be in there after his initial use, but you keep putting him in it because <laughs> it's a dope character that I think hopefully it'll pay off in season two. The other part of this is, like you said, all the performances are strong. All the story arcs and the characterizations are really good. The only person I think gets hit a little weak is Hargrove, Hargrove, Hargrave. Mm -hmm. um, Hardcore. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think she's a little weak in here, but I get it because she had to play the Ice Queen and to dethrow, to the thaw that out, it takes a while. So I'm really interested to see how they develop her in season two. But the fact that I can give that credence to say this is because you did an ensemble cast show. And everybody in the cast felt like real people that had real things and real things at stake in, in what they're trying to accomplish. I mean, I know I mentioned about uh, Mourn, and I'm like, oh, I hate that he was so, like, goofy when he played it so straight-laced, blah, blah, blah. But then the reveal about him goes, oh, that's why he's – because he's probably learning this human nature thing. As yeah. He goes. It's, yeah, so it made more sense once you got the reveal, like – even the big bads in here, when I was like, man, they, they've made, I think me and you might have talked about this, because I don't think we recorded this part, was that they made the big bad in here such a big threat that I'm like, how are these, like, jackasses going to figure this out? <laughs> but then once the big threat was, like, revealed, it shrunk into itself, and it made it, like, something that, oh, like, these guys can handle, but not only handle, do you want to handle the issue that's being presented here? Yeah, like what is the morally right decision here? Because now it just became ambiguous, and even with that decision that's made, the what are the the final scene of it when Peacemaker's back at his home and it's laid out and he has the various people there, 
like one person's there that like he feeds and it's like even though he made this decision it he still like, has yeah it it, it it you know what i know how we talked about chainsaw we talked about uncharted and it's funny that we did it in this order because chainsaw has you probably on the anger spectrum uncharted had us in the mud spectrum Peacemaker has us in the gleefully joy spectrum because not because of all the geek stuff, because it's just so freaking well written. And as you yes. talk about Chekhov's gun and things paying off at the end, like almost everything pays off here tremendously. And I, go ahead. I got to say die beard. That paid yes. off phenomenally because that could yes. easily have been a continued gag. And even when he gets confronted by it, like, Oh, why does your human do like that? It could have easily been a, another gag, another joke. It starts off as another joke, but it ends up being something actually like heartfelt and serious at the end. And you're like, ah, oh, like this, you know, character you didn't get a whole lot of like, you know, fleshed out by this one little scene that's been kind of a joke the whole entire time. You get the whole yeah. entire story for him. And it is, and, and it, cause it easily have been just another joke. But instead, mm -hmm. it turns into something even more heartfelt. And uh, it's just stuff like that. It's good. Guys, it's good. this show is so well, well written that you feel for an eagle. Not because <laughs> it's an animal, because it's like a, a character in this. And you feel for her. The, like, you feel for the safety for an eagle. And like was, that's how dope it is. So the last part I got on here, though, is um, just a shout out to how amazingly dope vigilante is like <laughs> he makes he makes this show for me the things he says the way he acts like the confidence of what he portrays himself as it's just that that is and i didn't know this until i did some research on it that that actor wasn't the original guy play play like the pay play vigilante yeah they already started shooting and had to plug yeah. him in later and the fact that he pulls up that performance with a late entry and then just vibing with everybody it it's commendable, man, and I, I guess I should know his name and give him some respect on that one. But uh, just, I mean, shout out so to him on you're that willing one. Willing to murder anybody, but to draw the line at tape, he's like, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so good, so good. Um, and you know, only one gripe I would have with the whole thing. Um, I guess his name is Freddie Stroma. Is vigil uh, vigilante's character's name? Oh, uh, is vigilante. Freddy Stroma. But anyway, the only one good. thing I would say that I, I, would, I don't have an issue with, but I thought it was, some meat on, it was some more meat on that bone that wasn't exposed yet, was just uh, the relationship between Peacemaker and his father and how that's resolved, I guess. I feel like it was some more meat on that bone before it was resolved. But what they're setting up for season two, I think is going to be an yeah. interesting play on it. I just wish we would have had a little longer before the resolution of it to kind of I think again I just think they left something out there to be earned. So maybe other than that man. season two occurrence rather than season one occurrence. And then right, 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 right. Two for future seasons. But um, um for I, the culture. Right. Uh for the culture for us black, uh, I gotta respect Vigilante because he went to that prison. <laughs> Maybe a psychopath, but he ain't a racist. <laughs> yeah, but he ain't a racist. <laughs> oh, and also uh, Alabio. All right, all right. So let me, let me get this off my chest because um it took me a lot of episodes to get used to her. You know, she's put in, I think, as you know, so it's the I don't know if you might already mention, but 
She's the daughter of a prominent character in the universe. So one, I kind of felt some kind of way that like she was out of shape, but I understand she wasn't like in the biz, the biz. But yeah. two, like I just wanted some. She didn't have to be like fit, but like why are you body shaming? Let's just say this. All right, let me put this. If I'm going to send an agent, my daughter or son out on a mission that's going to take a lot of physical activity, uh, possible like violence, and possible the ability to shoot firearms, I'm probably not going to send my son or daughter, who I don't think is east at like the average or like acceptable moving around body size. Well, and that, that's awesome. what kind of bothered me. It was just like, I don't think this 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 character who's a super genius who manipulates all these chess pieces would send their daughter to that one, knowing the kind of shape that she was in, even if she needed a gig. That, that was it, it was I, hard for me to stomach for a lot of episodes. I will 100% agree with you on that. 100%. You know, that is a you have to stretch your disbelief on that. That uh, a person who especially is supposed to care about this person is going to send to her. But let's also say that she is the body type of that character's in the comic book. Yes, like I agree. She is definitely and and in the comic book. I mean, let's. I mean, I'm spoiled. I mean, I think we already spoiled it. I mean, it was I think we already said it in the first episode. Uh, but I'm gonna put up a spoiler warning. Five, four, three, <laughs> two, one. She is Amanda Waller's daughter, and in the live action, they have toned down Amanda Waller size in the comic book right she's a she's 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 plump oh and she, she still, was uh she was fat oprah in the comic yeah books. and she still will look in superman in the eye and spit in his face and say what you gonna do about it you know yep <laughs> so i kind yeah, of but also, appreciate we, that we didn't have amanda waller doing field work either when we saw that no she didn't well. we didn't have amanda waller do a lot of field work she's definitely not rolling around in her pumps in her you know pantsuit <laughs> you know <laughs> taking on field work but i feel like you know since they especially this is a new 52. They skinnied Amanda Waller up. Uh, Viola Davis is not a skinny woman, but she's not a plus figure by any stretch of the word. Right. Uh, I feel like, you know, they were bringing that character back to her roots by making her daughter uh, the body type that she's in the comic books or the, where her mother's in the comic books. So I appreciate that about it. And, you know, more of our sisters to get a- acting jobs out there, the better well, off we are. <laughs> I, I, that's why I say I hated saying it because, like, one, I'm with you. Like, Body type representation is a good thing, and she's a dope ass character, and it's played very well, and she's a dark skinned sister. So it's all these things I have to like about it, but it's just every time they had a part of physicality with her, and like they would have her doing some running or something, and I'm like, <laughs> like, like come on, man, I feel bad you saying that. Like <laughs> right, right. I, I just feel bad about <laughs> saying that, but because I'm a fat dude, so I feel like if anybody could get that off and say it, it's me because I I, I struggle with weight. If I had to run somewhere when she was running, motherfuckers gonna be gone. I'm gonna catch up. It's over. <laughs> like, I'm gonna go keep it a buck. Like it's just it is what it is. So I feel bad. Stay in the car, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're both giving these a million out of five. I think yeah. we both agree on that one. <laughs> Ten out of five. Let's yes, go. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, let's little do a little bit of a game of this or that. This I know some people no, no, love no, that. that so badly. Okay, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So, Peacemaker or WandaVision? Peacemaker. Okay. Peacemaker. I'm sorry. Or I'm, I'm sorry Black to all Captain the- and 
Winter Soldier. Why you gotta do that mm. to me, Jason? Why you gotta do that? Mm. <laughs> Peacemaker. Okay. <laughs> Peacemaker or the Mandalorian? Jason! I know. <laughs> this was the game. what I do to you? <laughs> Man, it's all love. <laughs> <sighs> Look. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna ride or die. Peacemaker. Like this is a, almost a perfect show. <laughs> okay, Peacemaker or Daredevil season one. Ooh, the hallway scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there is not anything as good in Peacemaker as that one hallway scene. Fight wise. Like oh, all no, this... what about the the one with the chick he takes home at the beginning? That's a pretty that was pretty good. But it's not as as but uh, the overall package is Peacemaker. Okay. Hands down. I think, I think the last one I had was which I figured I've heard an answer, Peacemaker or season one Jessica Jones, but Peacemaker. Oh, Peacemaker. Okay. I know I said it again. <laughs> I figured we were in there. Oh, sorry. The last one. This one you really gotta think about. Um Peacemaker or Titans. If I am in a coma and I didn't see Titans and I and all was only told by someone who is a super Titans fan about it, I would probably still take Peacemaker over Titans. That that show is terrible. It's so bad. Uh, If everybody doesn't know, Jason has vowed to never watch Titans again because it was so bad in season. Three, I believe. Yeah, season three. He it was see, there was signs in season one that it was bad. But I looked mm-hmm. I overlooked them because I enjoy the Teen Titans. Season two is increasingly bad. It's there's so much that's wrong with it. But I overlooked it because I enjoy Teen Titans. Season three is when they they were like, Jason, I know how much you love this thing, so we're gonna keep fucking it until it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they sent you that note before the season started just so you can prepare for it. Uh, <laughs> are you sure you still like this thing? Because, like, we are really going to just tear it apart for you. Like, uh, all right, well, let's, let's jump into this. Going to move on to Bel Air. People don't know this is a story. What Bel Air is about. It's about a kid that grew up in West Philadelphia. He was born and raised there. The he was on a playground, you know. Maxing up. Well, actually, he was actually at the playground when he shouldn't have been at the playground. But, you know, he's maxing up, shooting some, you know, hoops. And then, look, it was a couple of guys. They were up to no good. And they started making trouble in his neighborhood. And he got in one little arrest. And his mom got scared because they messed with them D-boys. And so his mom said, look, I'm moving you with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. And when he went to the club, it did have dice in the license plate. I mean, dice in the window. And the guy's driver, his name was Jazz. And let's jump into the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reimagined reboot called Bel-Air. I'm going to jump right up into this one, man. I love, 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 <laughs> love, 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 love this show. It's only four episodes deep, and I'm in love. It, I never thought I had – I don't think I've experienced something where it can have the the vibe of the OG version of it, but it'd be a completely different version of it altogether. 
So the Freshman's Bel Air, everybody doesn't know. It was a sitcom. It was a comedy, kind of comedy, dramedy, but it was more of a comedy. Time out, anything. Jason. Okay. Time out. If you don't know the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, you shouldn't be watching this fucking show. <laughs> hey, look here. Yeah, we are we are blacker than black, y'all. So yeah, that's true. I don't know how but you missed that one. Know. Maybe you're a child. Okay. <laughs> if you miss it, it's on HBO Max. Catch up. Pause right, this. Go on, catch up. All right, but anyway, so it's a comedy. It's a sitcom, comedy, dramedy. This is more just dramedy, just more of a drama that has some comedic elements in it, but it's not com- comedy as in the goofiness of like. Will Smith, the real, you know, real life human being. But anyway, they took it as if, what if this was real life? The trouble that he got in was life threatening, and you had to move your kid because of possibility of death, which is a real reality for a lot of people. And luckily enough, that Will just happened to have a rich uncle and aunt and uncle when he goes to Bel Air. What makes this show so great because all the little things that the Fresh Prince tackled very well. It's magnified here, but it's also magnified and updated for our era. And that's what I thought was very impressive. So that fish out of water culture clash between Will and his cousin Carlton, it's updated here, but it's put up to a high level. It's, it's one part in one of the episodes where it's a white dude dropping the M-bomb. And Carlton right up in the mix dancing with it, and Will get it, and Will is not having it. And it's like, I never thought about that with Carlton being in that situation because the comedic version of the show probably would have never touched something like that. But this one hit it, and it's like, yeah, I can see a black dude being in a school with nothing with white folks and a white dude repeating the N-word because he was uh, repeating a song. Like, the white dude just wasn't using it. He was singing a song, but it had the N-word, and he was saying the word that a black kid that grew up profoundly around with nothing but white folks would probably feel okay with that because if he did say something, him being ostracized like that, would, like he don't want to go through that smoke. We don't give a damn because we from it ain't acceptable, and most people in black culture don't feel like it's acceptable. But that never even thought it to my mind when it happened. And even at that point, I was still on Will's side, but I could definitely see Carlton's point of it. And it, it may, you know, but that's just a background. But I felt like all the characters in here, they they just cut out the goofiness from them from the, from the original show. It kept what the essence of the character was. I do think Carlton's character is a little more extreme than I would want him to be because we got a vision eventually they're going to get to a point where they're going to be cool and friends and buddies because that's where the, the other show went. So I assume they're going to get there eventually. But how extreme Carlton is right now, I can't foresee a future <laughs> where I ever will be cool with this dude after all the stuff he's done and said and acted like. But okay, if you want to yeah. go there, that's dope. <laughs> Look, the character, the guy who's playing Will Smith, or the Fresh Prince, Jabari dude's Banks. good, man. He's really good because the first episode I was hating this kid. I'm like, bruh, you're goofy. You about to get popped out here? You all here worried about the wrong things? I'm yelling at the screen like I'm like the black guy in the movie theater. Like, well, hey, me and my <laughs> wife are watching it. My white wife and she's just looking at it because she probably never seen me this up in arms about something. Like, but then he becomes like the Fresh Prince. He's he's lovable. He's charismatic. He you know he's stylish. You know he got that swag with him. And it, it, that, that charisma just pours out of them. And it's something that I'm like, man, like, I had to check myself. Is it just because how much I love this character and that I'm kind of affording him this amount of charisma or this amount of buy-in? Or is it because the performance? And my wife watched Fresh Prince, but she didn't watch watch it like maybe me and you did. But she was like that. So it was the buy-in. I love the update. The two characters, I think, that got the best updates, I think. One was Hillary. Mm-hmm. I think Hillary gets the best update because they took away the up. ditzy goofiness. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And she's fine as hell. Uh, but they got away the dizzy goofiness, and they played it to the 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 self absorbed, uh, kind of conceited hustler that Hillary was later on in the show. So I, I did enjoy that, and they made her a social media kind of beholden Influence. to that. Yeah, yeah, which is something that I feel like Hillary Banks in the Martin era would be versus being self-absorbed about her style and look with her friends. So her whole internet's her friend group. Uh, the second one I think that did the best uh, alteration is Jazz, man. Like, Jazz was a gag <laughs> character awesome. in the original Fresh Prince. This one, Jazz is the man. Jazz <laughs> is literally, I feel like, Fresh Prince, like Will Smith's foot in the bougie, but the foot in the streets. Like, Jazz is the one that keeps him balanced. Like, whenever he hits the fan, they find a way for him to contact Jazz or get with Jazz or see Jazz, and Jazz gives him some words of wisdom they kind of play by. You know, I wonder if they're ever going to play the gag of him ever getting thrown out. I hope they I don't. Really this Jazz is so cool. Because, <laughs> yeah, this Jazz is so cool. I hope they never have to do that gag. But, like, like yeah, yeah, like, he Jazz is the biggest glow up here. But it's little things in here that I enjoy, like Uncle Phil listening to Tribe Called Quest. Now, James Avery, the guy who played Uncle Phil in the original series, he was a huge jazz fan. And if you watch and listen to the show, he talks about that a lot, his love of jazz. He talks about when they dance to, like, the oldies, him and Vivian and all that stuff like that. So I like the update that he's, like, you know, tribe. Like, he's a, he looks sounds like he's an 80s, 90s baby. You're yeah. probably, like, a 70s baby. But, like, he's into, like, early hip-hop. And for people, like, that don't get it, early hip-hop is just as different from new school hip-hop as jazz is to old school hip-hop. Like... Like that, so they kept that kind of culture generational gap, which I thought was cool. Uncle Phil's a dope character. I think he and he's not James Avery. No one will ever be James Avery. But if you want to say that the characteristics of Uncle Phil, the caring father, the protector, the provider, the the guy that like gave the straightforward like advice, like the go strong figure. Yeah, yeah, the strong figure. How he does that very well. And I'm gonna let I'm gonna let go and let Jason because I know I'm gushing so much about it. But I think. Uh, the last part of this, too, I did really, really enjoy is the entrance of Lisa this early and how they she ties to the characters. Like, Lisa was played by Nia Long in the original series, and she was Will's love interest to the point that they want to get married. Also, the fact that uh, John almost plays her father in it. So that's another great <laughs> callback to another great Black actor that's in, that was in the show. And... Oh, people, I'm sorry. No, there's no spoiler for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Basically, he gets stood up at the altar. Like, she decides to marry him. And then they pretty much completely write her off the show. Like, you never hear anything about Lisa ever yeah, again, which I think is a disservice I think it was like, to the show. Was it was like the last season and a half, though. So, because that was like season yeah, five. Yeah, but now they kind of went with that it. whole thing when they went to college and Tyra Banks and all that stuff. Anyway, like, Lisa was never yeah, heard yeah. of again, though. Lisa should have had gone. a moment. <laughs> be like resolve that because she did leave her back to Austin. But anyway, Lisa's in this at the very beginning. She's at Carlson and Will's school. And I think, you know, the way they play her is really, really dope and how she fits into with one, the Banks family and her family because you get a reveal at the end of the fourth episode about her father and then mm -hmm. how she relates to Will and Carlton. It's just really, or really, how really well done. Will relates to her too because of yeah. her what her father is and what he's yep. gone through. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's just, it's just so good. Trauma, PTSD, all things in there. Hood life, and it's just a lot of stuff in there. And we ain't even gonna talk about Jeffrey. Is Jeffrey on a whole other level of beast? <laughs> Jeffrey, um, you may not talk about Jeffrey. I'm gonna talk about Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, okay, okay, I keep saying the last thing. All right, my last thing on here is that uh, the only misfire on here, and we'll see as the show goes on, is. 
the first four episodes, especially the first three, and everybody's like, what about Ashley? That's the problem. I didn't mention her because what about Ashley? <laughs> she, she's not too but prominent here. The last episode four, they give her something to do. So I'm going to see how that fleshes out. But she doesn't do much in these early episodes, which I understand. She's a child in this adult-ass drama. like <laughs> <laughs> So I get it. Um, yeah, all right. I'm, I'm going to see my time. I know I took too much time, but go ahead, James. Go ahead. <laughs> Can I reclaim my time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, please. I'm sorry. I'm just, I just I love this show very much. <laughs> so uh, a little backstory about this show. Um, a lot of people, uh, especially the non-melanated folks that I've talked to about this show, have kind of turned their nose up at it because of it just from the if you were looking from the outside in, it seems like a cynical cash grab, you know, uh, banking off nostalgia. Right. Mm. Uh, but this is kind of like the the farthest thing from it. Um, this is definitely an updated uh, take on the story that was dramatic in, in many parts uh, of the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But the thing that this, this makes this really cool is this TV show started off as a YouTube fan made trailer mm-hmm. by a dude named Morgan Cooper. Right. He made this YouTube fan made trailer. And I saw this, you know, two years ago, three years ago at this point. And I saw it came up on my uh, my recommended timeline. And I looked at it and it, it said dramatic, fresh principle. And I'm like, who needs this? No one needs this. No one wa- <laughs> who needs this. And then I watched it and I go, I need this. <laughs> and then, you know, this it, it, it finds its way to Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Who sees this and he goes, this is awesome. He brings the kid who he's not a kid. He wasn't a kid at the time. He's still not a kid. He's a young man who did this is a producer of this show. So this guy got to come up because of the passion he had about this small little project, a fan trailer that he made. So it's not a, I mean, yeah, there's DNA of cynical, you know, of course, NBC is like, Oh, that's going to make us money. So they made it, but you know, it's got the blessing of Will Smith. It's got a young talent behind the camera doing a lot of the writing and and the stuff. And it's also got, some of the older um, writers from Fresh Prince behind it as well. So this is 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 definitely has the original baked into its DNA to a large point that a lot of sequels or reimaginings or a lot of stuff don't. So I was already like on board for this show before starting watching it. Mm-hmm. So, but after watching it, I just it it I just like I I love it. I mean it's it's great. I mean. There are parts where uh, the acting is overly dramatic and it comes to a little bit melodramery, um, but it still works. Um, the and it, the thing about this is like I can see like this is definitely a modern take on the story. They definitely like when Will, Fresh Prince started back in the late eighties, early nineties. A lot of the characters were caricatures, and then they grew into characters. Like as you said, Hillary was this vapid valley girl. You know, mm-hmm. who, who was more concerned about her wealth and money than she was about anything else. Like, mm-hmm. and this one, like, she definitely is not. Like, this definitely shows like black excellence at its best. Like, she is a driven young lady who wants to make something out of herself. She doesn't want to rest on, and even Carlton is. They both don't want to rest on their parents. They're going to use their parents' connections or whatever to get to head, but they don't want to rest on their parents' money in order to achieve what they want in life, which is really, really great. Um, there's also stuff with, um, you know, expectation. Aunt Viv 
is like super hard on Hillary. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> and it's because like you know, in like I love the fact that they they went with another dark dark skin on Viv on this because you know she had a career and a goal that she that she did not necessarily fully achieve yet, and she is trying to make sure that Hillary is able to fully achieve her her best things, and that and that is causing some friction. I love that dynamic because uh, a lot of us, you know, I'm not trying to throw anybody on the bus or something like that. A lot of us had to deal with the expectations of our parents mm-hmm. growing up, you know, and the, what we we're supposed to be because of the things that they had to go through, you know, when they were growing up. Right. 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 Not saying that I'm one of those people, but you know, a lot of us. Did. Also, that's the only thing I didn't like. of Aunt Viv. I think the, the old school Aunt Viv would have loved Flip. like this Hillary. Yeah. Like how she's a hustler. And I know they yeah. had to make some friction. So I get it. That's the only thing I felt like is completely out of character. Like, I mean, there's anyway. updated tropes to this. Um, yeah, I, I, Carlton, I don't, unlike you, I do see the, the foundations of them building a better relationship between him and Will. Um, especially in the later episodes, you can definitely see like the cracks are starting to show where Carlton is. Cause let's be honest, Carlton, he's a straight up villain in the shit, but he kind of like, you can kind of understand where he's coming from because he was a big fish in a little pond. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, you know, he had his father's attention, his mother's attention, and now there's this cool another kid coming in, and is is he's cramping his vibe. You know, now he's not the coolest kid in the world anymore, and a lot of that coolness because came because he was one of the few black kids in his school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I totally relate to that scene where the white kid was rapping, and I probably wouldn't have been dancing along, but I was that kid in that room where you're the only black kid in the room, and you know. The, the good old boys are he he and ha ha and they, they rap it and they say the n-word and you got a choice to make you and and you're gonna see him tomorrow. <laughs> so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you you might make not the greatest choice. I understand where Will came from too because you know me as an older I'd be more like Will when they when I was younger I would have been more like Carlton. Uh and I like that that duality that play because in the original sort of thing they kind of made Carlton more of a gag than an actual person who grew up as the only black kid in in Bel Air, right? Right. So and like a lot of that stuff. Like the was, gag, like, yeah, like it was like the gag was like, hey, how how can we make this black guy do as much white stuff as possible? It was yeah, like the gag in the OG, like he's yeah. in the choir, the drama club, something like like it was yeah, always like the, some kind of like really white stuff, the, you know? Fucking uh, what's it? Tom, Tom Jones and Tom Barry Jones Manilow. and, and this yeah. Carlton is very much. The anticipation of that he is definitely black even yeah, though he's yeah, from yeah, an yeah. affluent area and he's grown up in you know in affluence he's still very much black and that's also very refreshing so for such a person he's been called carlton a couple of times in his life <laughs> all right um yeah i there is all sorts of good things to love about this show uh it's just the fresh prince of bel-air just told a different style to me mm-hmm. like that's that's it that it's just a different style of storytelling and it works because that story was dramatic it just had a laugh track along with it this story is just dramatic but it has some laughs will is goofy he's a goofy dude <laughs> he does mm-hmm. goofy shit you know uh in the show he does goofy he says he's smart with he's quick-witted he's he's a smart kid 
who does, who says what's off the cuff, you know, and makes a joke, and he still does that in this in this show, and that's and that's great to see. And this show's great. And fucking Jeffrey, let's go, let's talk about Jeffrey. You said Hillary got the best glow up. Fucking Jeffrey got the best glow up, man. That dude is a straight hardcore gangster. In this right, 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 this right, 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 right. Is a gang- <laughs> this dude is like Will's like ah, what's gonna happen in Philly? And he Jeffrey's like. Don't even worry. Don't tell your uncle Phil. I'll handle this. <laughs> but, fucking, on, but I love this. Like, just so everybody knows, because look, don't expect me seeing no ninja sweeping and mopping no damn floors and making no, no meals. Homeboy is a house manager, and when we yeah. say he managed the house, he manages the house. He's no butler. <laughs> He's the, they got maids to clean the house. They got Jeffrey to clean the lives. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> And it's cool because you also see like the relationship between Uncle Phil and Jeffrey too. And there's like, yep. even though they're employee employee, but they're also friends. You kind of yep, get yep, that yep. in in the original Fresh Prince that they were friends, and that he's actually a part of the family. But you know, most of the time you get him, he's in a tuxedo. He's the butler, right? And this one, like he sits and plays pool with them. He asks him for it. Uncle Phil asks Jeffrey for advice, talking right. like you know how he's supposed to handle Will. How like you know, because Jeffrey, you know. You know, he says he's an immigrant. He was immigrant from Jamaica to Britain and from Britain to the United States. So he's he has some of that uh, idea of what Will is going through in coming to an environment that's completely different than what he grew up in. So he has some sort of understanding about what Will's growing up through. He has understanding about what all the kids are going through. And yep. like, yep. Jeffrey's a fucking, he's fucking coolest. I just, <laughs> oh man, he's just so fucking awesome. Like, and don't, the original Jeffrey, I love that dude. He's awesome, but this dude, he just brings it up to a whole nother level of like look, man. When Jeffrey was saying what Shorty said, Oh, Jeffrey, you look good as always. He goes, Not as good as you, but they gave her the wink. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. Bruh. This Jeffrey fucks. This Jeffrey yeah, fucks. exactly. <laughs> hey, I got a date with the, the yoga lady. The it's like, oh, the yoga lady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you enjoy your day off, dear my brother? <laughs> right. What but, I like yeah, about look. this show is the modernization of blackness that wasn't really apparent back in the older show. Um, you know, Aunt, Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv definitely grew up, you know, in segregated South and, you know, they worked hard to get this place and they definitely showed a lot of like, you know, through their actions, a lot of, of their blackness through their actions, but a lot of it, like, especially with Hillary and Carlton were just kind of like jokes about, you know, mm-hmm. black people doing white people shit. Right. Yeah. And this one is like, no, you can grow up in those affluent areas. You can grow up in, because, you know, before the 90s, like, only time you ever see black people is they're from the ghetto, and that's it. And then, you know, we finally got representation with Carlton and shit, and he, even he, he's not really representing anybody. Mm. And this time, you, you get that, like, you know, it's a different world out there for people who might have, even though they have all the advantages because of their parents and family's wealth, it may not be all that great for them, too. <laughs> but also I think the, a big thing on this is um from the OG to this one is like our consciousness of our society has changed. So let's just call it being a being. It was two lanes for black shows, especially in the 90s. It was you gotta be poor like good times, or you gotta, well, you gotta be, be rich like, like the, Cosby. the Cosby's and the Jeffersons. It was we didn't really see much middle class, like you couldn't have Tim the Tool Man Taylor and be yeah. black. Like, was the middle-class family doing anything? It was either you was up or you was down. And so when you got to the Fresh Prince, 
they did kind of walk the line that the Cosby show paved. Instead of like, let's say if it, like, it was like, if the Cosby show was wrapped around Theo rather than Bill, that's pretty much just the Fresh Prince to a degree. Now I know yeah. Will's more charismatic than Theo, but that was the line. Like in our consciousness now, like we, we don't, we understand it's a lot more to blackness and it's not a monolith. Where back then in those nineties, what you were putting on TV was blackness is a monolith. Like either yeah, you was exactly. down or you wasn't down. That was it. Yeah. This show does a great job of being like, you can be all these things at once, all wrapped into things. Like you could be down for this cause, but now nah, I kind of on the other side, like the, it gives that yeah. variance. And I think this is because our consciousness has changed now. You can get away with that. Cause you know, the thing about Carlton, the show, he's still like, he understands like the different struggles that <laughs> black people go through. Cause he's black. He understands that yeah. the police are going to beat his ass or whatever, but he also understands, you know, he's in the locker room with his buddies. You know, those are his friends, so maybe he'll let them slide when they say the N-word because he was the only black guy on the lacrosse team. Right. Playing lacrosse. Right, 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 right. Yeah, what the fuck are you doing, dude? They don't have no football team? What the fuck? (laughs) Come on, Carlton. You're wasting your talents, my brother. (laughs) But, like, yeah, it definitely shows that there, there is different types of blackness, and they're all, for the most part, valid. You know? And that's also what's great about this show is that, you know, they're not characters anymore. They're not caricatures anymore. They're actual people with their own lives and, you know, their own inner, you know, thoughts and stuff. And that's so great to see. So great. I love this show. Fuck All right. Fuck anybody. What, what, are you, like what are you giving it? A four out of five. Cause it does, it does get hammy sometimes. <laughs> I'm worth it. I, I think I'm giving it a four out of five as well. I think the only drawback I have from giving it a five is one, I I, I, I got to see more with this Carlton thing. Like, because I still, I don't know. Like I said, he's damn near, he's damn near Lex Luthor in this fucking. This, <laughs> he's this a show. fucking villain, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, like again, I, I just got to see more from it. And and maybe they, ne- maybe this is the difference. Maybe they never do become good friends, they just become like tolerate each other. Maybe that's the satellite. Maybe that's what the new age is going to bring to him. Where it's like, just be like, nah, we cool. But stay we away from like, me. <laughs> yeah, because you mean that's you know, my cousin. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the OG Fresh Prince. Like, you know, they doing they like they living in the pool house together. Like yeah. they, they they're tight tight by the end of the Fresh Prince run. Uh, but so, and I guess I'm expecting that. But because some of the stuff, I'm like, man, you can't come back from this. But we'll see how that plays I out. Mean, but I'm he with did you. not plant the drugs on Will. I'm, oh, I agree. But he know who did. He ain't snitch. For his for his homeboy, and this is kind I mean, of his family, man. You know, snitch. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's still about that life. What do you? What do you there's some things on his life is a monolith, and it's like <laughs> you don't snitch on your homies either. Hey, look, no, no, so hold on. The black people snitching foolers. Okay, yes, you don't snitch. But if you do snitch, if it's for like the help family, like yeah, you do unless the person you gonna snitch on is like. A killer. His family. Then you gotta let the family <laughs> take the hell on that one. But <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna go to what we've been promising for forever, forever. forever. And I know we're long in the tooth, guys. So we're gonna try to make this quick. We are finally gonna read you all's comments. Boom, boom, boom. So we got for the Matrix. What's uh, uh, reloaded? Matrix resurrected. We have Planet Podcast, which your homie Planet Podcast. We got a we got a collab 
Uh, yeah. I honestly fell asleep twice trying to watch this damn movie. <laughs> I don't know why I just couldn't stay into this one. We could tell you why. It sucked. <laughs> yeah, it's boring as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, T-Bone 3289, which is my cousin Tony. This movie T-Bone. sucked. T-Bone! You call him T-Bone? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, we call him Tony. Uh, <laughs> I stopped watching halfway through because it was so bad. I'm surprised Jason and I agree. Oh man, I feel like it's being me, not you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because me and him never agree about anything. Yeah, yeah. It, plus, me and him never agree about anything. So, um, yes, we agree on that one. The next it's, one we got is our. Go ahead. It's crazy that like the Matrix has been like a polarizing thing. Like either people really loved it. Or they everybody really hate it, and I'm yeah. on the side that like I don't understand how you could like this movie. Does that yeah, make you a trash. bad person that you like this movie? Probably, <laughs> but I'm not gonna tell you to your face. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is for Arcane. We keep getting those rolling in from Paul T. Jadell. We did that like oh, seven yeah, this months. Oh, dude. He's after our own heart. Uh, Echo is a tra- is so tragic. He is the ideal revolutionary leader. It should be leading Zan against uh, Pillover. I guess whatever the Piltover. Yeah, yeah. But the Kim Lords have all the wealth and power because they are destroying Zan by manufacturing and selling Shimmer. Shout out to him, like, knowing that the real hero of this story is Echo. Like, me and you kept trying to tell everybody, but ain't nobody want to hear us. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, you know, he's he's got a point there because you always think about revolutionaries um and when they actually like like in real life when they actually end up taking over they don't know how to govern like you know you know right. you say fidel castro or stalin or all those other they end up you know fucking shit up even worse sometimes than what it was beforehand you know fucking echo has this almost utopian like society going on you know mm-hmm. in 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 the zan and he's just trying to make sure everybody gets there and it's like he still can do it he can do it both he can fight the, the good fight and lead the good lead. And that's awesome to see, especially black. <laughs> oh, facts. Uh, uh, we got a review for Halloween Kills. So this <sighs> is the Myers Fan 25. Halloween 4 did a better job with the team, the town mob. Good job on the review, guys. Shout out to you, Myers Fan 25. I, Halloween I, Kills I, is I remember better than Halloween Texas Chainsaw 4. Massacre. Hold on, you said <laughs> Halloween Kills is better than? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Fight. I'm going to go with Texas Chainsaw Master because it is only like 70 minutes. Yeah. Well, they don't have evil like dies two hours. <laughs> yeah. It's him in two hours. <laughs> if they cut out all the Tommy Doyle stuff, I probably would agree with you. Uh, but yeah, so, Halloween 4 had uh, uh, Paul Rudd as Tommy Doyle, so it was always better. <laughs> there you go. Facts. <laughs> we got a, a comment from Don't Look Up. This is from oh, Aaron Grace. Oh. And I don't know her, but she looks cute. So shout out to Aaron Gray. And if you weren't hey. cute, still shout out to you for for leaving a comment. Um, What's good up, as a movie lover, but disturbed as a human is the perfect way to describe the feeling this movie leaves you with. Yes. <laughs> I This movie gave me so much anxiety. Like, uh, but the ending was so good. I love the ending part. That was the best part. But yeah, it's very, very down. It's not, not something great for humanity. I hate no, movies no, like that no. kind of like. Like uh, the um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes movies, because you know mm-hmm. what's going to be the end of this trip of these these movies is that humans become ape slaves. <laughs> like, oh, I thought you thought the, the end was like this is the fear of white people of a black planet. Sorry. Well, yeah. Well, that's kind of racist <laughs> as well, Jason. 
I, are you I associating just, the I, apes as black people? I'm not saying I am. I'm just saying I think the vision of this is what is being associated with black people. Yeah, either Ask way. Joe Rogan. As a tell human, you. well, fucking Joe Rogan. You were my favorite part <laughs> of news radio, Joe Rogan. How could you portray me? <laughs> uh, okay, another review for Arcane. And this is from Adam Julswinski. Where exactly was the... Where exactly was the systematic racism? Or did they just throw that in for brownie points? I don't really know what he's talking referring to for that one, but I, I'm just going to say I mean, the, woke culture. The systematic I don't racism know. is the fact that the people of I can't of the uh, whatever Zan, the other place of Zan weren't able to yeah. move up and to live in Piltover. They literally like over policed their their their. I, I guess it's a whole other country. That's what I I, I keep reading. That is so. A mm-hmm. whole other place. It's not even like they don't even have authority. They're not even supposed to have even authority over there. And they're well. Are, I think the issue I'm having their is waste. like, is it? It's not really systematic racism because on the council, it's systematic it's, oppression. Yeah, there yeah, you go. That's that, yeah. I agree with that. Yes. So when he's like, "Where exactly was the systematic racism?" I don't know. Maybe one of us mentioned systematic racism. Well, uh, the systematic racism did, is that Echo is not the main character of this fucking shit. That, fact. <laughs> um, if we did mention systematic racism, either we might have misspoke or we were maybe comparing it to the show in its levels. So, but uh, again, I just appreciate him commenting. Come back with more examples, please, comment. so we can remember what we said. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Peacemaker episode one through three, uh, Planet broadcast uh, podcast said Peacemaker is fucking epic. Yeah. Nothing yeah. more to say with that. We, <laughs> agree. We, we agree. Uh, <laughs> so this one is about well, one day we did, um, not us, but the Gladiator Cypher podcast did Daisy's Reasonable Doubt versus Blueprint. And this is from Luca State of Mind. I see what this you did there, Luca. nerd stuff. <laughs> I don't know anything about uh, Jay-Z. This, this is, this is, <laughs> this is blurb stuff here. Reasonable Doubt has the best songs. Brooklyn Fine is the evils. Dead Presidents. But overall, Blueprint is superior. Look here, my man. Uh, I, I like Blueprint more, so I don't disagree with you, Luca. But it's a lot of Jay-Z torchbearers that will come from your head if I ever say that again. I'm None lying. of it compares to Bubba Sparks. All right, Carlton. <laughs> uh, Bubba Sparks uh, is the oldest rapper in the game. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you. This review, this comments for the King's Daughter review. This is from Coach Boo, Gerald Mitchell. Um, so why in the fuck would y'all even review some white people who shit like this? <laughs> who reviews movies like this? And then I just an insider for you guys. He then proceeded to call me after he listened to our review and said, Hey, I left that comment before I read to listen to the review. Y'all dudes is crazy. So if you don't know, <laughs> check out our King's Daughter review. Best <laughs> movie of the out. year. I don't understand right. what he has a problem with. It's obviously a, a freaking modern masterpiece. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we got another one for Halloween Kills. And this is for PR Hill 9696. Ah, that's 69 backwards. You eat butt. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, PR Hill, whatever you went to, brother, we ain't, we ain't, I, I, we, I'm who are we to judge? Who are we to judge? 
There are so many rants about this film and so much hate, and it deserves it all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then last but not least, we have a uh, comment on Death on the Nile from Oh Andrew wow, Gerald Mitchell. Recent. And he, he goes, I'm confused as how you could not see this by watching the trailers. Oh, I guess of how bad it was for watching oh, well. the trailers. <laughs> Well, Look, any movie with Gal Gadot, and then you got to give it like a, a grain of salt on how good it can possibly be. You got to you got to temper your expectations. <laughs> also, <laughs> you got, you know, we it's like, oh, Gal Gadot, and this let's bring this let's bring this down a little bit here to this level, okay? Oh, but we got some cool <laughs> people here, so we'll raise it up a little bit. But like, oh, it's still Gal Gadot is in there. Oh, an army hammer who likes to eat people. Let's bring it down a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we got to review these things so you don't have to. Just yeah. remember that we're soldiers in the game for you. We're you. taking these bullets for you right here. Especially this bullet of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was a bullet. <laughs> Somehow it all I knew it was all going to come back around. I knew it. I knew it. That was a bullet. <laughs> I took it for you guys, man. I killed my soul. <laughs> Look, guys. Um, and here's the thing. <laughs> Jason's going to put, he's going to cut it up and he's going to put as a title best movie ever or something like that. I'm <laughs> and I'm going to have to repost that. It's going to seem like I'm going to have a positive you know, take on this movie. And everybody's going to be like, Jason, do you like this movie? And I'm like, no, you got to look at the review and get my take on it. I'm going to put, I'm actually going to title it Texas Chainsaw Massacre Review. Jason hated this. Jason loved this. <laughs> It was have the different spelling of our names, and people that just don't know figure it out. who spells it which way exactly. <laughs> um, but guys, if you are going to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and if you're going to listen to the Duke of All Nerds and say that it's a tough watch, you know what makes you more awake, more focused, get your brain activity going, has you ready and roaring, eyeballs are open like a smoker. That nerd focus, guys. It's a link in the description. That was Please probably my the problem. Link. I didn't have a nerve. That was I was I was lethargic and I wasn't able to to think and to uh, you know take this movie in with my full faculties. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> hell, I feel like the people who wrote Uncharted should have had a nerd focus. Fuck at least yeah. they could have figured like something more exciting that could have happened in this movie. <laughs> but with that being said, guys, it's a link in the description. Go ahead, click it. Check out Nerd Focus. Like I said, smarter than energy. Go buy you a case. I personally enjoy the zero calorie one. One, because I'm fat and zero calories. But two, for some reason, I just like the taste. Uh, the good. OG one is still really good, so don't don't get it twisted. But I, I prefer the zero calorie one. But go ahead, guys, man. Hit that link. Get you a case out there. Get your drink on. Tell us what you think. If you hate get it. Get your drink on. <laughs> t- tell somebody else if you love it tell everybody so yes get your drink <laughs> on <laughs> uh jason we have done it again we got another one in the bank ball we got some exciting news coming for everybody i mean one we do have some jaron is officially back on the show but not the main show because we call this the main show <laughs> he's back with us on pre-production helping us get our ideas together organizing it so Shooting we're gonna have shit. some clips. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have some clips from our pre-production that we're gonna start running on the site and on our social. So if you're not following us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, you need to. And we got all of that linked in the description as well, where you get our tags. Go ahead and follow us there. 
because you're going to miss some more content if you do not follow us today. And hey, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm just going to say it. You're probably going to miss the funniest content that we got because our <laughs> pre-production stuff is 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 pretty fun. Like we have a great time on pre-production. I you don't do ever not get anything stand by anything that I say. <laughs> I will say that too. Disclaimer: We just it's jokes. It's just I jokes. Not we talk a lot of race jokes. Or a lot of stand by jokes. anything that I say <laughs> whatsoever. Please do not cancel me. Sometimes I say stupid shit. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a hundred. And then also. Sorry. Another thing I'm excited about is by episode 50, we're going to do a slight little rebrand and tinker on our review system that I think people will really enjoy. But well, episode 43 now, if you haven't realized that, so that we get so you got some time. Yeah, you got some time to wait, and we're going to talk it up every week, but we're going to retinker our review system a bit going on with that. And then uh, next week, we have the luxury, the enthusiasm to review Batman. Not next week. Ooh. Is it next week? I believe it's next week. Yes. But it's not people oh. watching this. By the time they hear from us again after this, yes, yeah, it's going to be. Proof. It'll be this week. Robert Batten, Patton Bat. Ah, that's going to be great. Unless well, it's, it's not. Two weeks now. But then it's regardless, be we'll figure it out. We're going to be getting <laughs> yeah. closer to Batman, and hopefully, we can get an early viewing of it. Um, Thursday I'll night. Talk to you about off camera. Well, I'll talk to you off camera about it. We may have a, have a chance to see it on Wednesday. <gasps> so. Try to forget that worked out if we can get that done. All right. Other than that, guys, Duke of All Nerds, any final words? Be kind. Be considerate. Tip your servers and bartenders at least 20%. Tip all your service people at least 20%. I don't care if they're to-go people or barbers. Anybody that is able to be tipped, tip them at least 20%. Please. Uh, including Jaren. Yes. <laughs> be kind to Jaren. Um, as always, guys, thank you for listening. We will see you all next week. And if they make the whole plane out of the black box, there's no way it can ever blow up.